Global Broadcasting Networks presents Coach Talk Radio. Create the time, money, and lifestyle you want with tips, tricks, and techniques that get you started today from some of the best Internet minds in the business. Now here are your hosts, Internet Brand Strategist Sandra Beck. Hey, guys and dolls, this is Sandra Beck, and we are here today with Angela Breidenbach. She is my lovely co-host today, and we are talking about writing and on our writing series. This is the third in our writing series, and if those of you who want to listen to the other series, you can find them at toginet.com. You can go to iTunes. You can go to coachtalkradioshow.com. All of these places will have these episodes. They're an hour long, and they're filled with excellent, excellent information from Angela Breidenbach. Angela, tell me about yourself and why we should listen to you. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, thank you. Um, I am the president of the Christian Authors Network, and that means that I love working with other writers, helping to just um, teach and be involved with and cooperate with others so that we can always be raising the industry up. The more we raise the industry and help assist other people and pour into other people's lives, the more it helps all of us. It's a really beneficial thing to do. Um, In case you don't know who I am, I uh, also have a podcast called Grace Under Pressure Radio. It's on iTunes, and it's on my website at AngelaBreidenbach.com. And I am also certified in mentor peer counseling as a CTA life coach. I've been a Stephen minister, a weight loss, nutrition, fitness coach, certified in those things. Um, then I've, I'm a professional speaker, and I also loved author historical romances. They tend to be sweet or Christian. And I also have some, I think right now I've written about 13 books. By the end of next year, it'll be 20. Um, I, ha- I set myself with forward goals, so I don't really know what I've done in the past. <laughs> um, but they, you know, I've, I've written for publishers like Barber or Guidepost. Um, I've also done some self-publishing. And kind of that's, I guess, in writer verbiage, we call it a hybrid, but there's other uses for hybrid, which you'll find out as you get to know the industry a little bit more. And um, I have a feline personal assistant named Muse. So if you're following me on Facebook under AngelaBreidenbach.com, I'm sorry, under Angela Breidenbach on Facebook, you often might see posts by my feline assistant Muse under Muse and Writer. And we have little conversations and we like to make you laugh and so it's just a fun thing to do. And so that's, um, you can also follow me on Twitter, Pinterest, under Ange Breidenbach. I just use the first three letters because I have a really, really long name. <laughs> I like your name. It makes you unique and easy to find. I, you know, one of the things when I was looking for you um, and just looking for some things when I first met you, uh, I guess this year, earlier this year, when we did our Romance Writer series, um, It was great that you had your site be your name. And I can't tell you how many people send me things. And this is just, you know, kind of, I know it has nothing to do with conferences and associations. But when you're, well, yeah, when you're in the media, like me, you get hundreds of submissions sometimes daily. And when people have, you know, emails like Gmails, like the heart inside my own. And there was one recently that came up that like counselor of love and sex. And I'm like, I don't even like your email. Like, I don't even want to read it at this point. I want to know your name. And, you know, putting your title in at gmail.com I know is popular, but it's really frustrating because 
I want to talk to the author. I want to talk to the whatever. And, you know, having your name as your email, even if it's like Sandra.beck at gmail.com or something like that helps me do my job better. And don't make it harder for me. Make it easier. Right. I fully agree. And I think it also it brands you. So anything I write is going to have, and this is, this is important to trying to figure out who you are and maybe defining and designing your, your dream career, you know, and that's really where we'll end up kind of going with this conferences and, and organizations that the, it's about designing the career that you want versus what somebody else thinks you should have. And if that's the case, and if it's about your brand, then yeah, it should be about your name. There are the rare occasions when somebody can't use their name. You know, maybe they uh, do a highly sensitive job that, uh, or one that has to do with national security or um, people's lives, and they cannot use their name. Well, then you can use a pen name. But it's very important to be identifiable, not just by your name. But that your name then, you know, stands for a brand. And I think most people recognize if they, if they are, um, a reader of mine or they like hearing me teach at conferences or something like that, um, that I'm, I'm pretty straightforward and that I do have a little bit of description to how I speak and what I do. I like to use visual descriptions even in my, my language, but I tend to write sweet. I tend to write with children or pets involved in my books, and I tend to write romance. Um, and I use those as examples because that's, that is who I am. And I think that's really important when you define who you are and design the career based on who you are, then you're going to join the organizations and go to the conferences that fit you. Does that make sense? It does. It does. And, you know, knowing yourself and knowing and kind of owning it, like, you know, at my very core, Angela, I am a total goofball. I am a romantic. I see the world. Everything is funny. You know, even to the point during my mom's funeral, I fell into her grave up to my knee. You know, there's always, there's always something funny. And she would have loved it. Like she was laughing from the other side. I could hear her, Um, you know, but we need to know who we are and we, we need to learn from other people. We talk about success leaving clues. But we don't want to be someone else. We need to be who we are because that authenticity comes through. Like I always used to say to people, you know, I leak out. Like I really try to be a certain way, but just Sandra leaks out. And so you'll just have to deal with me the way I am. And owning, you know, who you are and being yourself is so critical. It is. And that way, when you do go to conferences and organizations, you, you don't keep trying to copy someone else. And that is probably the first tip I would give you that, you know, we're heading into this, let's figure out where we want to go and what we want to belong to, but you need to be unique. You need to be you, but you don't need to be defensive about it either. And that, that will come into play and remind me that we need to talk about defensiveness um, because that, that or a chip on your shoulder, those kinds of things actually show and they get really difficult to deal with. And, and because of that, is your aroma something that is sweet and attractive or is the aroma or, or, you know, being about you, um, defensive and suspicious and negative. So those are things that you need to do a little bit of self, um, development and, um, discovery and find out, you know, what is that about me and then own it. 
if if you are um, defensive, if you are, if you have that a negative attitude or anything like that, um, if you choose to stay that way, that is your choice and that is your right. But it's not going to get your foot indoors. And so, um, and don't try to fake it either. If you are that way, if you have a negativity about you, um, then it's it's a good thing to do to to get a life coach to get someone to help you overcome those barriers to your success because you may be the best writer in the world i know someone who's a fantastic writer who's been fired by publishing companies for attitude and they're like that they're too hard to work with right oh that's huge can i just chime in here because (laughs) i get people all the time wanting to be in front of the audiences that that i serve and if they are a giant pain in my you know what (laughs) i don't want them i don't care how many books they've sold i don't care how many people they've influenced if you present to me a negative countenance and you present to me that I feel worse after having interviewed you. I don't care who you are. You will never come back on my show. Life is too short. And one of the things I will say that, and I'm just going to give, you know, props to the, um, all the girls that came on my sister show, motherhood talk radio, when we did our romance series, um, Angela, you helped put that together, helped engineer that they were delightful. You know, they got back to me. They gave me what I needed. They didn't say, well, why does this have to be 250 words? They didn't say, I don't have a headshot. You'll have to wait. When people do that, delete, 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 because I need to go home to my kids and be happy. I need to take care of my life, and I don't need to take care of whiny pain in the you-know-whats people who have a big, fat attitude. Done, done, done. I, I hear sometimes, oh, you're so busy, you do so much, da, da 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 Well, that's a really kind compliment, but but I don't want to work with somebody who then says I'm you know, that they're too busy or that um, they don't have time in their life for that, and you know that kind of thing. It's like, yeah, I know there's boundaries, I know there's stuff, but why do you think I have all that time in my life if you don't? You know, so there's. There's that kind of an element, too. It's like you really want to, when you go into an organization, you need to go into an organization or a conference or whatever with an, a can-do attitude, looking for ways that you can be a part of it, assisting, helping, um, being a part of life and career with those people. Don't go in as a taker. So that's that's the first area that we need to to just make sure we say before we start saying, and now go here. Well, and that's really important. I'm going to go back to like what my mom said as a little girl. You don't go to the party empty handed and nobody's saying go and hand out business cards. I mean, you can do that and hand out pencils and stickers and bookmarks and all that crap that everybody carries with them. But come to the party with a great attitude, come with a smile, come with a, uh, a compliment, come with a with a lovely spirit. Even if you have to stand in the bathroom like I've had after a miserable plane flight and get it together before you go out there, um, bring something to the party, bring enjoyment, bring joy, bring friendship. And you know what? Everything else will fall in line. I think the key there is bring friendship. It's like the, everybody else who's going to that place is also nervous uh, if they haven't been there many, many, many times. There's there's people that are the majority of authors, the majority of people in the writing industry are introverted. So don't tell me 
Oh, I'm shy. Yeah, so is the other 200 people here. <laughs> what are you going to do about that? You know? Oh, I got to take us to commercial break. That was so funny. Uh, AngelaBreidenbach.com. Look her up. We are uh, talking about conferences and associations within the writing arena and how to get the best out of them. When we come back from the break, we are going to talk about the conference from a little different point of view. We're going to talk about the point of view from the presenters. Angela, both you and I have been presenters at some of these conferences, and we want to give you an insight on how to get the best out of us and and other people like us who are sitting up on stage in the hot seat. We'll come back after the break. ago some fishermen off the coast of Italy discovered some pottery along with fish in their nets. Divers were called out and discovered an ancient Roman ship whose galley or caboose, a nautical term for kitchen, was extremely intact. Some of the food uncovered on board was pickled fish, wine, oil, and grain used to make the ship's biscuits, otherwise known as dandy funks. It is thought the 2,000-year-old boat was probably on its way to Spain when it sunk and was covered by layers of mud, baggy wrinkles, and all. Baggy wrinkles are another name for the ship's ropes. The mud protected the ship from wear, explaining why the leftover food on board was still in such good condition. We land lovers may not be familiar with leftovers on the sea, but we are familiar with leftovers in our kitchen. It's words you never heard. I'm Carolyn Davidson, and you can have fun challenging your words you never heard vocabulary with my free app, Too Funny for Words. Hiya, kitties. Sergeant Mambo here reminding you, you're listening to AstronetRadio.com. Researchers at Binghamton University's Department of Psychology in England believe that if you use a period while texting, it makes you appear less sincere. Hey, autocorrect alone makes my texts look like they came from a goostrum noodle. The study goes on to say that using a period in a text conversation is an act of psychological warfare. Hyperbole, maybe, but we get the point. The same research also found that exclamation marks are more friendly and sincere than no punctuation at all. Talk Talk Mobile states that you should always match a kiss for a kiss when texting significant others as well. Fewer or more digital kisses compared to your partner can be construed as a brush-off. Would someone who is distracted by their phone while driving be considered intexticated? I'm Carolyn Davidson, and you can have fun challenging your words-you-never-heard vocabulary with my free app, Too Funny for Words. Taking care of Hey guys and dolls, this is Sandra Beck and I'm here with my lovely co-host Angela Breidenbach and this is the third in our series of writing uh, tutorials 
advertorials, I don't even know what you call them. We're just here sharing what we know to elevate everybody out there who has the dream of being a writer, to inspire you and educate you and hopefully entertain you at the same time. Uh, today we're talking about conferences and associations. And before we went to break, Angela, I wanted uh, everybody to know that being in the hot seat, like being the presenter or being the person on stage at these conferences is as nerve-wracking, if not more so, for... Uh, for the presenters because you said like most of us are introverts like I agree with you I'm a personal introvert and I'm a professional extrovert I've learned to be able that's a great way to say that well we have to for part of our job but my nature is to sit alone and read and write and play with my dogs and play with my kids I like to play with my kids one at a time you know I don't like too many people around um and I find a lot of things exhausting and one of the things that is fun for me but exhausting is some of these conferences and you know I'm just going to say this because I think it was really funny. I was at a conference recently, and I'm not going to say the conference. I'm not going to even say the group. But I was up there talking and doing my little dog and pony show, which is takes a lot of energy for me. And I put the audience up for questions. You know, you come up to the mic and they can ask you a question. And one of the girls in the audience comes up and she's like, I sent you four different blah, blah, blah to your shows. You never got back to me. <laughs> and I was just sitting there and I said, well, I'm glad I didn't get back to you. And she's like, why? And, and you know, and I just said, because someone who would ambush like me like this in public will never get on my radio show. And I said, this is, this is inappropriate. And good luck getting on any of my shows because you're a loose cannon. And I was like... Yeah, it wasn't the most professional answer, but I was like, are you kidding me? Yeah, I've had people um, want me to give them an immediate answer on why I think their book should or shouldn't be published. And when you get put on a spot like that, and you really don't know the person, and you don't know how they'll react. Um, I made the mistake of telling someone once that, that their book cover would not work because it was it was not visible from a and I mean to me this is legitimate you know it's not visible from a bookshelf and um but that person but I love this picture I love this and I'm like you may love it but if across the room you can't see what that is it's not going to sell your book you know and it doesn't matter you know and it, the cover can be the most gorgeous cover in the world but it has to be what's inside the book as well and I've had that happen multiple times. I love this cover. I love this cover. What does it tell you about the story inside? You know, and so when when you do get ambushed like that, when you're a speaker, it's really difficult. Um, you want to encourage all the writers there. You don't want to knock them down. And you want to be honest, um, but you also want to be gentle. And you you want to be able to have open minds when you present the material. And then you're also worrying about remembering all your material and you're, (laughs) and you're worrying about remembering all the names of the people that you met. And, you know, you're worried about whether or not your, your electronics and all that stuff is going to work. And what do you do? And I get, I've gotten really good at punting and, you know, it's like about half the time, something technological goes down. You know, technology is not always our friend. And so what are you going to do when you can't present the slideshow you planned on or when the power goes out 
but you're up at a camp and you need to continue. You know, we had that happen once where I had a big um, retreat and the power went out and I could not show the technology workshop, you know, so then it's like, okay, we're going to redo our schedule and da, 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 da. And you have to be able to punt like that. And so it's, it's difficult. Um, and you want to build network and friendship, but you feel you easily be, you know, you, it's easy to feel very overwhelmed. Um, one of the things I do, which is, I probably should not do, but I love doing it. And it's, you know, I was up at um, Mount Hermon, which is one of the places that I would highly suggest a new writer goes high, high level of education and really fun environment among the redwoods in California. Uh, you fly into San Jose and it's usually held in um, March or April. It's, it's a beautiful, wonderful place to go. And, um, one of our Christian Authors Network um, members happens to be the conference director, and her name is Mona Hodgson, and, and she's just a lovely lady. But this conference, Mount Hermon, has really done a lot for a lot of people's careers. Um, yet you do have some limitations because some classrooms have technology available, some don't. The classes can be spread out across the campus, and so uh, and it's very hilly. So the first year I went, I was having ankle, I had an ankle problem and hadn't had ankle surgery yet. So it took me a little longer to get to between things. So it's like choosing the places you're going to go needs to fit your um, current needs, your genre, your um, finances, um, the people that you want to meet, those kinds of things that are, that are really important. And then when you go, there's an etiquette, you know, and um, the, the etiquette, um, well, let me let me give you um, Mount Hermon's website. It's writers.mountherman.org, and it's writers w r i t e r s dot mount m o u n t Herman h e r m o n dot org. And there's one coming up this spring, and I, I really suggest you check that out. It's a fantastic conference. Um, and they change, you know, lots of nonfiction, lots of fiction, lots of screenwriting, lots of podcasting. It just depends on the year. And so you want to always check out the, the conference that you want to go to. Um, then the, the etiquette is um, really allow the presenters, the agents, the editors, um, the writing teachers, uh, whoever they are, uh, a chance to breathe, a chance to run to the restroom, um, a chance to eat. That part is hard um, because everybody's clamoring for attention, but it's really important. And one of the things, and I, I don't think this will work every single time, but one of the things I did as a new writer was thought of those people as human beings. And when I went in to go to, I call it speed dating, but you know, it's when you go in and you sit down for 15 minutes with an editor or an agent and you pitch to them, the first thing I would do is... Um, Try to think of how long they'd been sitting in that chair and look to see if they had a bottle of water. I always had an extra bottle of water in my bag and I would offer it to them because I want to serve them before they serve me. 
Um, well, and can we just segue here for a little bit? Kindness goes a really long way. Yeah. You know, if you just acknowledge like, oh my gosh, you've been sitting here for an hour. Can I get you a glass of water? Or can I get you something? That is such a big deal to me because you're kind of trapped. You're like chained to these little spaces and you've got person after person after person. And I always like when somebody says something to me that's memorable. Like if they know who I am and they say, oh my gosh, you know, I grew up on a farm too or I grew up in Buffalo or like I remember blah, blah, blah. I can remember them better because they've given me something other their name, their book title and their pitch. Yeah. And in fact, I actually got a job once years and years ago because I was from the same city as that person. <laughs> and we had, we were living in Spain and I, and you know, my application stood out because we were, we were from the same city. And so it, things like that really do happen for you. Um, you, you need to find a human connection with them before you start demanding from them. Um, yeah, don't be the two year old. And, you know, Steve lobby and I met years ago and he, he did not take me on actually. Um, but I met him be- the night before I was supposed to meet him for our speed dating meeting, uh, for the editor and the author meeting, or I'm sorry, he was an agent. Um, and what I did was I looked up these editors and agents online and I read their bios. I looked at what they looked like and I kind of did a little research about them. And then, of course, I chose the ones that I wanted to have my appointments with at the, at, and this was happened to be ACFW, American Christian Fiction Writers. And, um, it, that one, when I met him, um, I did not in, get in his way, but I stood back and watched him introduce himself to other people or visit with his friends. And then when there was a lull, um, I walked forward, stuck out my hand and said, hi, my name is Angela Breidenbach and um, let him tell me his name. And then we struck up and it was time to go to get in line for dinner. And he says, well, do you want to walk that way? And it was very natural. So then the next day when I had my speed dating appointment, quote unquote, and I sat down, um, he looked at me and, and he said, what's different about you? And I said, I, I don't know what's different. And he says, you're one of the first authors who sat down with confidence. And somehow I didn't make you cry. Why? And the point was, I looked at him and I said, I looked you up in advance. I knew who you were. And I made it an intentional point to shake your hand beforehand so I could touch your hand and know you were real and you didn't scare me. And he's like, that's kind of brilliant. And I said, but I would only tell you that because you asked. You know, um, because I'm honest. But it was it was a way of making him human to me. Now, I don't say go to these conferences and stalk everybody down and find out who they are and make sure to introduce yourself before you get a chance to meet them. I'm just saying that if the opportunity presents itself to say hello and greet on an eye-to-eye human level before you have that meeting at a conference, it's kind of nice. If not, at least know what they look like, know their bio, know their background, know what they're looking for. Very, very important. Very, very good information. Uh, we're visiting today with Angela Breidenbach. You can check out her books. You can check out her website, AngelaBreidenbach.com. Now, if you guys like this, you like this series, we've got 10 of them at least, and they are all available on Coach Talk Radio. You can find that at Toginet. You can find it on iTunes. You can talk 
you type in Coach Talk Radio, a writer series, all of those things will help you find this and more episodes like them. Now, when we come back from the break, we've talked a little bit about the do's and don'ts uh, for some of these conferences and how to get the best out of certain things. I'd like to talk about choosing a conference. I'd like to talk about why we go to conferences. You know, it's not just to meet people. There's a lot of things at play here. And um, we've got Angela Breidenbach with us today to talk about some of these things. So when we come back from the break, you're going to want to stick around because there's lots more great information and tips from our writing series on Coach Talk Radio. According to state troopers, here's what not to do when you get pulled over. Don't be a lachrymist and start crying right away. It doesn't help. But if you're under 20, crying won't be held against you. Don't ask for a break and don't yell or start any argy-bargy. And one trooper said, if they're going to flirt with me to get out of a ticket, it would probably insult my intelligence. But unfortunately, I don't get hit on all that often. So flirting or being a gill flirt won't work. Did you know that 15% of all drivers get 76% of all traffic tickets? And the odds of winning if you challenge a traffic ticket in court are 1 in 3. So what should you do when you get pulled over for speeding? Be courteous to the officer and most of all, be honest. It's I'm Carolyn Davidson and you can have fun challenging your words you never heard vocabulary with my free app, Too Funny for Words. Hi, you kiddies. Sergeant Mambo here reminding you, you're listening to AstronetRadio.com. It's the Fitness Minute with fitness expert, Annette Hammond. We live in an instant society and we don't like to wait for anything. When it comes to weight loss, we want that extra weight off now. Even though the temptation is there to try a crash diet, it is not the best choice. You need to lose weight gradually, not instantly. When you cut your calories back too much, you will feel fatigued and have very low energy. Harvard Medical School recommends that women do not go below 1,200 calories a day, and men do not go below 1,500 calories per day. A sensible goal is to try to lose a half a pound to a pound a week. Don't skimp on essential nutrients that your body needs. Losing weight does not have to be a dreaded event. It should be positive and will give you extra energy when it's done right. For the Fitness Minute, I'm Annette Hammond. Visit our Facebook fan page at Fitness Minute with Annette Hammond. Taking care of business every day. Taking care of Hey guys and dolls, this is Sandra Beck and I'm here with Angela Breidenbach and the topic today for our writer series, the third in this series, is conferences and associations. And, you know, those can be overwhelming. There's a lot of different things to choose. There's a lot of different, if you just Google these things or you Google writer's retreats, you know, it's just astounding how many services are there for us out there, but it can be quite overwhelming. And so I'm so happy to have Angela Breidenbach. You can check her out at Angela Breidenbach dot com and um to kind of weed through this mess that's available to us on the internet 
Well, hi there. <laughs> Thank you. I always feel so honored by you. That's so cool. Um, if I could share a little bit about the difference between ABA and CBA, I think that would be really helpful because there's conferences in, in both of those arenas. And then, of course, there's international. But um, ABA is the American Booksellers Association. It is more mainstream America, secular writing, and there's a lot of publishers and conferences and workshops and things like that that you can get all over the country. And in fact, you can, you can even branch out and, you know, go to Scotland, let's say, and go to things like the Edinburgh Book Festival. So there's, there's conferences, book festivals, organizations, and, but the ABA or CBA has to do with what, uh, type of, uh, worldview you come from really. And if you're um, doing mainstream America writing or secular writing, which means not religious writing, not Christian writing, you know, then you're going to be in the ABA. And the ABA is a major U.S., uh, has a major U.S. event that's called the Book Expo America. And it's usually held in May. Coming up in May, the next May, which is 2017, is at the very end of the month. Um, but there are others around the world. So there's there's a expo in Frankfurt. There's, you know, an expo in Romania. So it's really important that you just start reading about these events and you'll start to learn quite a lot about the industry. The CBA is the Christian Booksellers Association. It's a Christian organization, but it's also used as a descriptor. And so, for instance, there are Christian publishers and these Christian publishers be, often belong to the CBA, the Christian Booksellers Association. But when you write in um, the Christian arena, often they say, is that a CBA book? What they mean is, is it a Christian book that would sell through a Christian publisher? And so there, it's kind of can get confusing when the lingo gets used in multiple ways. But both of those, the ABA and the CBA, are actually membership organizations. And then... Additionally, there's publishers, agents, editors, events, and associations. And so I hopefully that made a lot of sense. Um, now, writing organizations. Besides ABA and CBA, which are kind of like bigger um, organizations that are industry things that people belong to, um, that publishers belong to, that distributors belong to, um, the writing organizations have to do with more what do you write where do you come from in your writing genres? And so um, I'm just going to do these kind of more alphabetical because they're easier. And these are some of, not all. And a place where you get all would be like um, Writer's Digest has a great um, has great books out. And on their website, they often list all the different um, ABA and sometimes a lot of CBA um, conferences and organizations. But... Um, there's the there's a writer's um, and we'll come back to that because my brain just fritzed out on it. <laughs> so um, ACFW is the American Christian Fiction Writers. Um, they have approximately a sixty five dollar um, entry and then a forty five dollar annual a year organization fee for you to join. And you can find them at acfw.com. And that is for obviously Christian fiction writers. So some nonfiction writers belong to it because they like the creative writing element, but it is really more for the fiction writers. Um, some children's writers belong to it because they cross over and write um, YA, which is young adult, but they certainly wouldn't belong to it for something like um, children's storybooks or um, board books. 
Um, so that is a really good one. They have, there's a lot of um, information on each one of these organizations has websites, blogs. Um, often they have conferences. Um, sometimes they have mentors. Sometimes they have online classes. So it's really nice if you can start with one and branch out as you need to. Um, I belong to ACFW. I belong to also the Advanced Writers and Speakers Association. It's advanced women's only, and it includes authors, speakers, and media professionals. And so each one of these organizations has their um, requirements. Um, the annual dues are $40, and you must apply and meet the criteria. Whereas with ACFW, you don't really have to um, meet a certain criteria to belong, except for that you'll abide by the standards of the organization. Um the Catholic Writers Guild is a much smaller organization. Um, love these people. I've spoken for all of these, actually. But I've spoken for the Catholic Writers Guild. And um, this is, it's, you can find them at, oh, let me tell you. I'm going to back up. I'm sorry. Advanced Writers and Speakers Association. The website is awsa.com. Um, the Catholic Writers Guild is catholicwritersguild.com. And at the time that I... Um, wrote this information down, it was $24 annually. Um, they do often have an online conference, usually in late winter, early spring, and that's really nice. And they have a conference that um, is in conjunction with a um, the product um, conference. And so they have the writers meet, you know, before the product conference floor opens. Um, then there's the Christian Authors Network, which I'm president of. Um, that is advanced, um, traditionally published authors with at least two traditionally published books. One has to be still in print within the last five years. And the annual dues um, are $50. And the what that is is a marketing co-op. A lot of people think that if you join Christian Authors Network that we're going to market for you. That is not the case. What we want to do is market together, cooperatively market and so if you go to christianauthorsnetwork.com, there it's a very, very deep website. Um, and in there, you'll have a blog to be educated on more writing and on Wednesdays is on marketing. And you'll also have a link to, you can go in and you can see who all the members are. And you can go read each one of the members' pages. Like I have one there. My regular website is angelabreidenbach.com. But my Christian Authors Network featured author page is christianauthorsnetwork.com slash Angela-Breidenbach. And so each one of our authors, and you can just click a link if you go to the website. You don't have to remember that whole link. Um, we have a specialty uh, area there for retailers and librarians so that we serve the retailers and librarians. And that is, and we also have partnerships with um, the Months Group, which is a co-op for marketing for retailers. And hence the agreement for traditional authors. Now, many of us also do indie publishing, but um, we have that industry understanding because we've been traditionally published. And so it you have to have that in order to get in because it's, a, it's just a way to vet a level of expertise at this point. And it's very difficult to do that otherwise. Um, the... The Idaho Writers League is the one I joined first, 
And it's a secular organization, obviously, set in Idaho. I'm in Montana, so it was like within a couple hours drive to be able to go to my very first conference back in 2004. And I got to go to some classes and start to learn the industry. And I got to start learning um, how to just submit articles and gain credentials. And that one was awesome because I didn't have to be a professional. I just wanted to learn to write. And so ACFW and Idaho Writers League are good for learning to write, where Advanced Writers and Speakers Association, um, Christian Authors Network, um, are better for um, people who are already professional writers. Um, then the RWA, Romance Writers of America, and that's rwa.com, has um, – I think that annual fee is now $95. Um, my renewal is coming up. And that one is for romance writers. It's also a professional organization, but there are some associate membership levels and things like that. But they have chapters around the country um, similar to ACFW. And what you can do is go to those local chapters or be in an online chapter if you're not near a local chapter where you can be around other professional authors, as well as um, writers who are learning to become a professional in the industry. Um, there's a Faith, Hope, and Love chapter that costs about um, $20 annually that I belong to. It's an online chapter because it's nationwide and some international members of Romance Writers of America. And you can find that one at faithhopelove-rwa.org. And I think we are heading into a break here, so I'm going to turn it back over, um, and we'll continue this list in a minute. <laughs> well, and I think especially if you're starting out and you don't have much money or money is an issue, to start locally, to like go to Google and type in, like I typed in Southern California, and there's a ton of them, you know, right. but some of them are in areas that I know I would never afford a hotel room, you know, like Santa Barbara, yeah, who can afford to stay there at $400 a night? And then I'm like, oh, there's Santa Clarita, that's like 60 dollars a night there we go um tips for those really unaffordable places yeah um, you can do airbnb you can find other writers who live close um when i went to um unite it's it's now called unite it was icrs international christian retail show down in florida i actually stayed at a friend's house and we commuted in and it was wonderful because it it saved me 200 dollars a night in hotel um so there's ways around that, and I will tell you, if you're introverted, give that part up right away, baby, because <laughs> at writers' conferences, writers band together, and they can have anywhere from two to three to four to five authors in a room um, in order to save the cost of attending the conferences. That's amazing. All right. So there is some great tips about uh, setting up the conferences or choosing the conferences that you'd like to attend and what you can get out of it. Our guest today and lovely co-host is Angela Breidenbach. You can find her at AngelaBreidenbach.com. That's A-N-G-E-L-A, Bryden, B-R-E-I-D-E-N-B-A-C-H, like the composer, AngelaBreidenbach.com. Uh, we're going to be continuing in our series for writers and We've had a couple episodes about the synopsis and the proposal and avoiding rejection, how to handle rejection. So if you would like to see those shows, you can go to Coach Talk Radio on iTunes, Tokinet Radio, and CoachTalkRadioShow.com. We will be back after the break talking more about conferences and associations, when to join and what to get out of them. We'll be back after these messages.
Listen up. Did you know recent studies are suggesting that women with skinny waists but sizable hips are smarter than other women? Scientists at the University of Pittsburgh and the University of California gave cognitive tests to a group of 16,000 women and girls of different body types and found the women with the greatest hip-to-waist proportions scored higher. Hmm, I guess that would make me a walking encyclopedia Britannica. Now, hold on. That doesn't mean it's okay for us to be a powder pigeon. That's another name for a woman whose sizable hips can take up a whole supermarket aisle. Research suggests that the fat around fuller hips and thighs holds higher levels of omega-3 fatty acids, which helps the brain. I'm not sure if I would rather be able to do the Sunday crossword puzzle or get into those jeans I bought 10 years ago. I'm Carolyn Davidson, and you can have fun challenging your words-you-never-heard vocabulary with my free app, Too Funny for Words. When the critters get restless here in the apple tree of weirdness, there's only one thing that calms them down. It's the sounds of astronetradio.com. Welcome to News of the Odd. Associated Press writer Chris Kahn reported in September 2007 that six people had died from brain-eating amoeba detected in Lake Havasu, a man-made lake on the border of Colorado and Arizona. The amoeba, Naglaria fowleri, had killed 23 people in the United States between 1995 and 2004. The amoeba thrives in warm waters, and infectious levels had been detected in lakes, hot springs, and even dirty swimming pools. When infected water gets into a body through the nose, the amoeba is able to travel up the olfactory nerve to the brain, destroying tissue along the way. Once within the brain, it begins feeding on brain cells. Stay tuned to astronetradio.com for more news of the odd. Guys and dolls, this is Sandra Beck, and this is Coach Doc Radio, and we are enjoying the company of Angela Breidenbach, and we are talking today about writing conferences and associations. Now, before we get into why do we join an association, we know why we go to conferences. We want to learn and meet people, network. We get that. Um, associations are a little bit different, so we're going to talk about that. But before we do, uh, Angela, you have some more um, different conferences, different groups to tell us about. Yeah, I have just a couple more to tell you about that I think are, are important because um, there's a society of children's book writers and illustrators. So, again, like this is one for its SCBWI, Society of Children's Book Writers and Illustrators, uh, .com. And it's really important for us to understand that these different organizations, um, they have different elements that meet different needs. And... In the chapters, for instance, ACFWS chapters, um, the Christian Authors Network does not. The Christian Authors Network is one national thing. Um, the RDBA has chapters. Um, so, and then there's also Word Weavers. Um, that one has chapters. And so some of those chapters, the smaller groups, actually meet 
um, in the locations. And sometimes there's more than one chapter. And so at, at break, Sandra and I were talking about the idea that in Los Angeles, there are more than one chapter of RWA and they have different personalities. And so, um, and I mentioned Toastmasters has different personalities of the different meetings you go to. So if you don't fit with one, go to another. It really isn't you per se. It's that group. And that doesn't make it good or bad. There's not an, an element of, of good versus evil here. What there is is where's the personality of the group? Where's the genre of the group that fits you best? And so, and what I found is that I tend to belong to several because they meet different needs. So I'm a fiction writer, but I also write nonfiction. I also write articles. I also do blogging. I also do podcasting. So I belong to different organizations that meet the different business needs for me. And then I need marketing assistance. So I belong to the Christian Authors Network. Now, they don't do it for me, but they give me ways to do that better. And there's times when we group together to do some big stuff. Um, but then ultimately you're the one in charge of your business. So don't leave it um, to the fact that you went to one meeting and you felt like uh, out of place at that one meeting. Um, go to a different one or go to more meetings because that might not have been the meeting for you for whatever it is you're looking for. Um, if you want to get a list of more writing organizations, I really like this link. It's called writersrelief.com and then writers-associations-organizations. Writersrelief.com is probably what I just remember if I were you. W-R-I-T-E-R-S-R-E-L-I-E-F.com. Well, and some of these groups have Facebook groups that you can join. They have Facebook pages and you can, you can kind of peek in there and like look around and, and watch what people post and see if you're a good fit there. Um, because I found that, you know, kind of the, the sneaky ninja that looks at this stuff before they go makes me make a better choice for myself. If I already really enjoy everybody there and I'm interested in what they're talking about, it's probably going to be a better fit than just picking something off the internet and hoping, you know, you're in the right place. Another thing you could do is look at their um, publications. So like if you really are interested in something that um, whether it's children's writing or, or advanced writers and speakers association or something like that, um, they often have magazines and um, Linda Evans Shepard, um, she's a Christian authors network author, but she also is the founder and, um, and president of the advanced writers and speakers association. And they have a magazine that is for women leaders, women Christian leaders. And so it's um, it's a really awesome opportunity if you read their publications. RWA has a monthly magazine. Now, um, maybe you can't um, get it because you're not a member. Maybe one of your friends is a member, or maybe the library has a copy of it, um, or maybe you can find uh, a copy of something online, and you could start to be more familiar with the organization. Uh, or you can read their blog on their website, you know, and figure out who they are. Um, so a lot of them run conferences, like I was saying, local, regional, national. That's the order I would do things. One, because it's more affordable. Two, because it gives you, you don't get overwhelmed by the national conferences right away. Um, and some of the national conferences change locations all over the place, and they might become more affordable to you if they end up closer to you than one year than another. Um, I did put them alphabetically, but do look and see if um, sometimes the chapters might be having a workshop or a mini conference as well at different times of the year. 
So that's something really important to look at. Um, American Christian Fiction Writers has a conference that changes locations each year, but it's usually quite large. So, you know, you're looking at six, seven, eight hundred people, and if you've never entered into the arena before, that can be very overwhelming. So maybe what you want to do is join or attend as a guest to one of the chapters and one of the chapter events, and that might help you feel more comfortable going into a larger arena. Um, Blue Ridge is actually three different conferences, and you can find that one at BRMCWC, Blue Ridge Mountain Christian Writers Conference is what that stands for, .com. And they have a lot of different opportunity there for you. And there's contests that a lot of these conferences do. And when you submit to a conference contest, if you final, you're often looked at by agents and editors, winners for sure. Um, CCWC uh, also has a sister conference, which is the Philadelphia Christian Writers Conference. CCWC is Colorado Christian Writers Conference. And you can find it at writehisanswer.com slash Colorado. Or you can do writehisanswer.com slash um, Philadelphia. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> it's a mouthful. Go to writehisanswer.com and you'll find the conferences. <laughs> yes, but it's Philadelphia. And then um, the Catholic Writers Conference is catholicwritersconference.com. Inland Northwest Christian Writers Conference is one that existed for about five years. And that one no longer exists. Um, but... The beauty of that one is that um, there's there's some recordings and things. So you, you might, uh, if you're interested in, in some of the recordings of past conferences, um, you can contact the conference directors. Um, the conference director is Jan Klein. And um, what I can do is um, provide her contact information for past recordings um, if you're interested in stuff like that. Getting recordings from conferences, again, is another way to... Um, attend a conference virtually where you can get the education. You can often even download the handouts and things like this, and you can learn from them. That's the first way. I went to the RWA 2004 conference because I download, I, I ordered the um, recordings. And that gives you a really good sense of education and some of the voices of the people that will be there. And it's awesome. And I know Mount Hermon Christian Writers Conference that I've already um, talked about. Um, that one is the writers, um, dot mountherman.org and they have recordings as well. In fact, they have some recordings of me and I think CCWC does. And, um, I know, uh, Jan Klein does. And so it's really fun to have some of these different recordings because you get to know the teachers a little bit. And a lot of times the editors and agents will be teachers as well. And then northwestchristianwriters.org. That one I've also spoken at. Great small conference. Um, lots of um, West Coast agents and editors like to attend that one, as well as the Mount Hermon one. So I would highly suggest that. Romance Writers of America has a conference usually in July. Um, of course, di- hotels can dictate whether it's June or July, but it's usually July. And you can find out more about that at rwa.com. And then there's a New York Pitch Conference which is kind of interesting. Um, so do you want to just go to Pitch and BEA, which is Bookseller, Book Expo America, has that. Yeah, we can get that in real quick. We've got three minutes to the end of the episode. Um, uh, so let's just knock that off. Okay. I think it's really important when you're going to these conferences that you um, 
and go with the intent to both learn and pitch. But you also go with the intent to be friendly and build those networks. And so the, the concept here is that when you're going, what you're going to get out of this is um, the opportunity to build relationships. And I went to several of these conferences for about three four years before I got my agent, but I had already built relationship with that person in the years prior. And it's not something that happens overnight. And so if you want to be an overnight miracle success, um, maybe that's you, the one in 10 million, but most likely it's, it's something that is built over time. Like anything else, you don't rush to through your book and get it done without um, polishing it. It's the same thing when you attend a conference. You don't want to rush through um, relationships and not have them be deep and rich. So keep that in mind. You know, I want to thank you, Angela. This has been the third in our series, um, this episode on conferences and associations. We've talked about avoiding rejection. We've talked about the synopsis. We've talked about, uh, you know, proposals and how to send them and how to get the best out of it. You know, today was a lot about networking, why we network, how to network, what we can use as uh, things that are available to us. I'd like to promote your website, uh, AngelaBreidenbach.com. And what upcoming book do you have that we can get excited? about. Oh, thank you for asking. Um, we have coming out a couple of books. The first one is called Blue Ribbon Brides Collection coming out on November 1st. It's nine stories of women that win a ribbon at a fair and their man too. <laughs> and it's coming out from Barber and I'm very excited about it. Um, in addition, if you have book clubs or anything like that, I want to talk. We love to do Google Hangouts. We love to do Skypes. Um, we love to do any type of a book chat with you. So just um, let me know, and you can contact me through my website at angelabreidenbach.com. We do have um, the Bucket List Dare, which will be coming out. Uh, I believe I have to look, but I believe it's coming out in October, and that is a collection of four stories. And then I'm also working on um, a book currently that. The nonfiction re-release. I'm doing a little editing on that, and that one will be um, Gems of Wisdom: The Treasure of Experience. Wonderful. AngelaBreidenbach.com. We'll be back again next week with the fourth in our series, our writer series. Check us out. Come back and listen and learn. And most of all, be inspired to write your dream, write your story, make your dreams come true. We'll be back again next week. Frazier, we want you to get out there today to make more money with less time and effort so you can live what you want. Tune in next week for more tips, tricks, and techniques from Coach Talk Radio.